Hi, it's Tony Chapman, and welcome to Chatter That Matters, the podcast where we cut through the clutter to focus on what matters most to your life and your livelihood. Thanks to the incredible support of RBC, we're focusing the next 10 episodes on the heart of our economy, small businesses. Small business matters, and it's in our collective interest to keep them beating strong. In 1969, a new children's show aired, and one that mastered the addictive qualities of television with content that would inspire and teach. It was called Sesame Street. Sunny day, sleeping up, cries out. And in 2019, during its 50th anniversary, there was over 150 versions of Sesame Street produced in 70 languages. But what does that have to do with small business matters? Well, my guest today spent five years and two months working at the Sesame Street workshops. And what she learned there and brought back to Canada might change the way kids are taught to not only read, but to love to read. Carly Schuler, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about what Hoot Reading does. So Hoot Reading is an online tutoring company specifically focused on emerging readers. So we help kids improve and excel at reading by connecting them with real classroom teachers to read together online over our proprietary app, which was incubated in a research project at Sesame Street, where, as you said, I used to work. So as I was doing a little bit of research on you and I, some of your, you talk about your, your love of, you know, creating content that not just gets people excited, but moves their mind and their heart. How did you find yourself leaving Canada, going to New York and working for an organization as impressive as Sesame Street Workshops? I always have been passionate about kids and teaching and learning. And when I personally was deciding what to do with, you know, my life, quote unquote, I was torn between going into education and going into business. And I got my start at um, a Canadian company called Spin Master, which is one of the largest toy companies in the world, if not the largest. And while I was there, I realized that there was a gap between the people actually making the toys and products that ended up in the hands of kids and the people who really understood teaching and learning and child development. So I went to Harvard and got a master's in technology in education. And after that, was lucky enough to get a job at the Joan Jens Cooney Center at Sesame Workshop. When you climb that high on a ladder so that you end up in something like a Sesame Street workshop, you must be surrounded by some extraordinary people. How did you find a way to stand for and stand out in that kind of environment? Well, I wasn't high on the ladder at Sesame. I joined as a fellow. Um, but, you know, being surrounded by the type of colleagues that I was at Sesame and at Harvard was such, I'm just so grateful for that. Um, people are often surprised to hear that Sesame Street is a nonprofit organization, and it's also the single largest informal educator of children in the world. And so everyone who works there is just so passionate about creating quality products and helping kids learn and become kinder and, you know, happier and smarter through media. And it was such a special place to be. You know, passion is the emotional capital of entrepreneurs. So, Carly, you come back to Canada. In your knapsack is a Harvard master's degree, a resume that includes Spin Master and Sesame Street workshops. You could have worked anywhere. You decide to become an entrepreneur. What was the motivation behind that? 
a couple of things motivated me to become an entrepreneur. First of all, having my own children really gave me new insight into the market and the opportunities. But also in Winnipeg, there were less traditional job opportunities for someone with my skill set. But also there were so many motivations like government incentives and grants and things that encourage people to start businesses here in this province. And so I'd say the combination of those two things gave me the motivation to really take the leap. So one of the great skill sets and attributes of entrepreneurs is their curiosity. They're always looking around. So you form Hoot Reading, and what was the original vision, and has it changed over the last couple of years? Our vision for Hoot Reading has always been to give every child the opportunity to have one-on-one reading practice with real classroom teachers. And you can't expect that to happen in a classroom where a teacher has 20 or sometimes even more kids. So our vision has actually held strong, which is to provide one-on-one teaching opportunities for all children and allow that to happen in a way that's accessible to all kids. And you decided to bring in a a partner, a co-founder. What was the motivation behind sharing the pie and, uh, and your vision? I was able to uh, recruit a co-founder from 24-7 InTouch, which is also a really wonderful Manitoba business who has great experience ramping up uh, large marketplaces. And she's an incredible co-founder and a perfect complement to my skill set. A lot of people think of entrepreneurs as solo pilots, that they just want to fly their own ship. But my experience over decades is the best entrepreneurs know their strengths and find people that complement their weaknesses. Another great lesson we're learning from Carly. So I have to ask you, Carly, why are your focus only on literacy? The truth is it takes so much to really help a child become an excellent reader. And if we, it's not just a matter of, oh, we're going to launch math. It would involve so much R&D. And we feel like there's so many opportunities still in literacy. Carly, there's so much online that's free. But you defend your positioning because you have real teachers, real curriculum. You've dotted the I's and crossed the T's. How do you communicate that value to prospective customers? That's one of our biggest challenges, especially now with so many people offering things for free. And the biggest challenge and something we try to get across in our marketing is that you're not buying an app or downloading an app. You're actually bringing a teacher into your home. So you talk about how COVID-19 is the increased demand because now parents are isolated with their children and homeschooling is becoming the norm versus the anomaly. How are you keeping up with demand? Before COVID, hoot reading sessions happened two to three times a week um, after school hours, much like a ballet lesson or a karate class. Um, But now parents are coming to us and saying, well, we want this every day. And so we were able to really quickly think about um, some offerings that would help parents. And the truth is, we're also lucky because so many of our teachers were also now available to increase their workload. And so even though our demand side is increasing, our supply side is also increasing. Every company across the world is now looking at how to reinvent themselves. Carly, I have to imagine that there's a number of big competitors that are starting to look at this space and say, I'm not, not only going to travel down the path you've been on, I'm going to try to claim it. How do you defend your position as a David 
taking on all these Goliaths? That is a great question, and I would love any insight that you and your experts would have on that. But the truth is, we just continue to stand behind our research basis and our quality and word of mouth from our customers. I think that the greatest growth that we're seeing right now is parents telling other parents about how helpful we are during this trying time. Carly, my experience is an entrepreneurial organization like yours, growing at the speed you are, is going to have an insatiable appetite for cash. What are you doing to capitalize and finance your business? So that's been one of the challenges for us since COVID. We were just on the verge of closing a fundraising round that included a large Canadian strategic, and that has fallen through, unfortunately. So now the question for us is if we want to try and raise in this climate or whether we should punt on that and just continue growing our business for the next while using revenues and then fundraise after all of this is over. Carly, I'm about to talk to some of Canada's top thought leaders. I'm going to find somebody that can help you out with your needs in terms of capitalizing your business. I'm going to find someone that's a really good competitive strategist in terms of how an entrepreneur can defend the territory you fought so hard for for the last two years. Is there anything else that you need? Yeah, those two things will be so helpful to us. And the other thing that I'd say is really getting insight into how we can have a strong social presence. And the truth is, while everyone's looking for online learning solutions right now, everyone is also offering them and talking about them. And how do we stand out above the noise socially when we have such small social media followings because we are a small business? Carly, from the young lady who made her mark at Sesame Street Labs, the Harvard Masters in Education, to now the extraordinary entrepreneur out of Winnipeg, I look forward to getting back to you with some expert advice. I'm so excited about this. Thank you for having me. I must give a huge shout out to RBC for sponsoring the Small Business Matters series on Chatter That Matters and for running excerpts on 67 radio stations across Canada. I'm a big fan of RBC, not just because they're one of the world's best run and most respected banks. It's because of what they do to help all of Canada. Take Future Launch, a $500 million investment to help Canadian youth find and pursue their path in life. Or the investment RBC makes in arts and culture, in amateur sports, and in building our new economy. When COVID-19 hit, RBC stepped up with millions of dollars to support food banks and essential services. And they had only one ask for this series. Don't make this show about RBC. Make it about the small business heroes. And speaking of heroes and their quest... Let's get back to see what the experts have to say. And here's where the magic comes in. We bring in the experts. And the first, Lisa Kimmel. She is the chair and CEO of Edelman Canada and Latin America. One of the top brand builders in the country, if not the world. And I asked her to get tough. I said, really look at Carly's business and tell me what she needs to do to be the successful Canadian company we all want her to be. And here's what she had to say. To be candid, I struggle with how narrow her focus is. Um, And I say that because of the fact that by being so focused, she's only going to capture parents of children between those ages where early uh, literacy is important. And then she's always having to identify new customers. So Carly has to continuously feed the funnel. 
How do you think she should be doing that? I think that it is something that has incredible potential. The concern that I have about it is that when I did my own research and just tried to do a Google search of some keywords, tutoring, reading, online reading support, there are so many options that come up and Hoot Reading is not one of them. So Lisa, you're an expert in branding. Carly's identified that she really wants to fill her funnel. What would you advise her? First and foremost, it's about doing research, um, uncovering insights. Carly's identified a great insight. The kids that love reading love to learn. So you have an insight, then what? By developing an insight, we have the opportunity to develop a narrative that we then want to communicate. Can you give me a couple of examples? She can do it through a creative campaign. She can do it through earned media and word of mouth. And she can include and engage experts, academic researchers, um, who can help to support and add credibility to that particular insight. How important is Carly in getting that story out? She does have a great story to tell and incredible credentials. Um, The fact that she has her master's in education and technology from Harvard, that she's worked at the Sesame Street Labs, which is really the, you know, the epitome of um, child educational um, expertise. And so she should be telling her story as well. What stops someone like Carly from really becoming the lead singer and telling her story? Women are more reluctant to put themselves into the spotlight. And I can certainly speak uh, from experience. I'm someone who's introverted, but I recognize that in order for me to help to build my own company's profile, um, that I needed to get out there. And do you have any final advice for Carly? It's really, really hard to constantly be attracting new clients. And by expanding her focus to other areas, like STEM as an example, she has the opportunity to extend her relationship with her customers over a longer period of time. So Carly, Lisa is pretty direct with her advice. I mean, she likes you and likes the business, but she's got some concerns. Any thoughts? Yeah, first of all, thank you to Lisa for that advice. I really appreciate her perspective. I would agree with her. I think that's something that we are thinking about consistently at Hoot Reading is how we can expand the lifetime of our customers. So instead of just being their go-to for those, you know, whether it's six months to two years that their child is an emerging reader, how we can be part of their child's educational journey for a longer term. I think, you know, I take that advice and, and is something that we need to think about. Um, I also appreciate her perspective on getting out there and telling our founder's story. I think that it sounds like she thinks we really need to be part of the story and that's good feedback. So the next person I went to is John Ruffalo. And he's a co-chair of Council of Canadian Innovators. If you've got John on your bench, your chances of success goes up exponentially. He's a cleanup hitter for Canadian technology. First thing I said to John is, what do you think of Carly's business? What she's established is really a marketplace. In what sense? You've got a bunch of qualified teachers who can teach students, and you have a bunch of students that are looking for teachers. And how would you compare her marketplace to some of the other businesses that you study? 
the beautiful thing about this business is that unlike say an Uber, the transaction and the service can all be completed virtually. So where do you think Carly's challenges are? The first challenge all the time in this kind of a marketplace is the chicken and egg question. What do you establish first? Enough demand side or enough of qualified supply? John, I know when businesses put their plans in front of you, you take them through a tough gauntlet. What else do you think is Carly's challenge? She's going after a certain segment of the population. And the question is, how long is the lifetime value of her customers? So when you look at lifetime value, what matters? The key will be continually adding on to the pipeline because the repeat customers will start to disappear over the course of time. So John, what can she do to counter lost customers? I would be trying to leverage both an indirect and direct channel for her to get efficient and constant demand. So on the direct channel is really understanding her digital strategy and trying to get those dollars as efficient as possible so she can convert clients very, very quickly. I would supplement it with an indirect channel. You know, as an example, going to public school systems or private school systems and trying to encourage those educational institutions to use this service as a distribution channel to not only help their own students, but they may have a bunch of teachers who want to have some part-time gigs on the side and get some additional cash. John, Carly's got a good business and it's growing. She has some concerns about big companies coming in and grabbing market share. No one hurts you when you're small. It's when you start to really rise and you start to get the attention of of the bigger folks. Does this battleground become an issue? It is hard for an incumbent to actually undercut the price unless they're doing this, you know, largely at a loss. What else can Carly do to build immunity? If she believes that the the, the underpinning of the business has intellectual property, uh, I would protect that very, very quickly. And is there anything else? I would, if I were her, try to establish as many partnership distribution channels as, as I could. So that's a lot of effort. What's the value to Carly? Once you start to own uh, your distribution channel, or at least a good part of it, it makes it d- more difficult for an incumbent to actually hurt you. John, I appreciate you sticking around because we also want to talk about financing. When you're looking for a financial partner, you want money and you want strategy. What kind of strategy should Carly be looking for? And I would say that the the area of the value is really helping her understand that equation of customer lifetime value uh, versus her customer acquisition costs. John, is this the time and environment to raise money? She can use this greatly to her advantage while everyone else might be struggling. That was a lot from John Ruffalo. Well, I do follow John Ruffalo, and the fact that he's even aware of who reading is very exciting to me. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. That was a lot of great information. First of all, to know that someone like him would classify us as a marketplace is really helpful as we position ourselves to investors. 
I appreciated his perspective on how to um, create a moat and give ourselves some protection in this environment. Everything that he said from protecting our IP to double downing on partnerships. Um, I think all of his advice was just gold and the, the opportunity to get that was was great. Thank you. You have two fans so far, Lisa and John. And then we went to Eric LeBlanc, who's the VP of Knowledge-Based Business at RBC. He focuses on technology, life science, and clean tech. First thing I just asked Eric is, how much of Canada's new economy will involve technology? We really see the uh, future of uh, all industries uh, uh, gravitating towards technology, and we really look forward to assisting those companies. Beyond the balance sheet, what else do you look for? We try and really understand the business plan and you know, what the business is trying to achieve as much and spend as much time on that as we do on the financial statements often early on. As you heard earlier, Carly's planning a strategic race. What role does a financial institution play during this time? We would really want to uh, continue being very close with the uh, owner and the business and and understand their plans around uh, bringing in strategic investors. And and we really look to partner and uh, I guess, complement uh, the funding that they would get from a strategic investor. Carly, what did you think of uh, what Eric had to say? It was interesting. I think that for a founder, sometimes we forget about the roles that um, a bank or a large financial institution like like them might play. And so I appreciated hearing his thoughts. I also just want to thank him and RBC for the opportunity to be involved in this podcast. It's very exciting for us. Carly, I want to leave you this final thought. What I've learned over my three decades in building brands is attention is the oxygen of all human endeavor. It's a way a teacher can teach, a coach can coach, a parent can mentor. We need attention. The challenge, though, in this age of noise, it's getting harder and harder to get the attention we deserve. There's just too much and too many chasing a finite amount of time. So you have to decide what you stand for. And I think what you stand for is that insight that you that you put across your web page, but I want you to weave it across every touch point. And that insight is that kids that love to read, love to learn. It's their passport to a, an incredible life where they can have curiosity and venture and find purposeful jobs, be more and do more. And every parent wants their child to carry that passport. And that's what I really want you to go forward with, whether you're on stage, whether it's a, a thought leadership, a white paper, or your communication. Really focus on that end game. A kid with shining eyes and a big smile. I see them reaching up in a bookstore for the next novel that they want to take down and get immersed in. That, I think, is your quest in life, to let those kids have that type of life. Carly Schuler, Hoot Reading, thank you so much for joining Small Business Matters by RBC. Thank you so much for having me. Your insights and the insights of the experts were so valuable to a small business like ours. And it's just a great opportunity that you're bringing to Canadians across the country. I'm very excited to take some of this feedback and move forward with it. To find details on how RBC supports its business clients, visit rbc.com slash business. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters with Tony Chapman. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with Tony on Twitter at Tony Chapman, through LinkedIn at Tony Chapman Reactions, or visit his website, TonyChapmanReactions.com. Chatter That Matters is produced by Tony Chapman Reactions and Eye Contact Productions. Eye Contact Productions.